are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Yeah, let's go. Light this candle. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Welcome in. Uh, I've been corrected. I'll give you that information. I've been corrected on Twitter. I needed it. Need all the help I can get, Brian. Thank you very much. We're off and running with you here in hour number two. We talked a lot about Jackson State football in hour one because uh, today's a cool day for them. They're on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine. Um, Coach Prime, his son Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, the big-time recruit, they're on the cover. Uh, they talked about them on Good Morning America. Michael Strahan got them some nice brand-new Michael Strahan suits with the JSU logo on it to wear. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And the momentum in terms of just – it's just positive momentum that they have right now is it's 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 darn near overwhelming is what it is it's a lot of fun to be around and observe and watch and and root for so we talked about that looked ahead at the schedule oh and i added hey if you're new here to the show in hour two if you just tuned in i got a new jsu sonic boom sound clip that we've added to the soundboard here it is you know what time it is Yes, sir. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. They know how to do it at halftime of a Jackson State football game. Y'all need to look that one up on YouTube and look. The guys there, Bam was leading that. He did a little pan around, you know, 360 around the stadium. And good night. You know, and this was right at the end of their halftime show. And so it was a home team. And you could see right at the end of that, out came the JSU captain or captains, they have to come out, meet with the officials before the start of the second half, and they're walking out, I'm thinking, and they're in their uniform about to play, and I'm thinking, man, if you're a football player, how do you not get a jolt of adrenaline when you walk out into that at the end of your halftime? I just think it's outstanding. Okay, and uh, so that's sort of recap of hour one. We also had the countdown of 90 teams in 90 days, and the uh, team today, number 86, was Colorado. I started going through things. When I think of Colorado football that pops up, their uniforms are black and gold, you know, the beautiful scenery, their stadium. They used to have the old AstroTurf, but number one is Ralphie, the Buffalo mascot, all this. And I mentioned Cordell Stewart and and Westbrook. Um, Did I say Russell Westbrook? I think I meant Michael Westbrook. I think I said Michael Westbrook. I know the difference, but I think I said Michael Westbrook. Anyway. But Brian corrected me on Twitter. He says the Colorado team that won a national championship in 1990 was led by Darian Hagan at quarterback and Eric Bieniemy at running back. He says Michael Westbrook wasn't on that team, neither was Cordell Stewart. They were both freshmen in 91. So it would have been a few years after that. But that Cordell Stewart, who was they beat? Was it Michigan that he threw the Hail Mary against that we don't need to forget? 
We're starting to let, because it was early 90s, we're getting away from it a long time ago, we're starting to let those things die a little bit. The Flutie, remember the Doug Flutie for Boston College, Hail Mary against Miami? We don't need to let that die. The Cordell Stewart game winner, Hail Mary against, or was it Notre Dame? Who did they beat? Notre Dame or Michigan with that? <laughs> See, I don't even remember. But it was one of those. We don't need to let that stuff die. Keep it up. Keep batting that beach ball up in the air. We'll do our part here. You go look it up on YouTube. Thank goodness for YouTube, huh? We don't have to remember much because we have YouTube and, what, Wikipedia? Joseph looked it up. Facebook, he commented here. 94 Buffaloes finished 12-1. and one. Only loss was to Nebraska. Yeah, you know why they lost to Nebraska? Tommy Frazier. Unstoppable. That's right. Beat Florida in the national championship game. Okay, and Joseph also confirmed that the uh, Cordell Stewart Hail Mary was against Michigan. There you go. Something light bulb still flickers every now and then up here in the old up here in the old can. And it still flickers every now and then. <laughs> Y'all feel free to be a part of the show. Text me on the country pleasing text line. Uh, Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best. Look for the Red Hawk, like the one on my hat right here. You can get it in grocery stores. I get mine in Walmart. We had somebody recently that tweeted me who was in Oklahoma and found it on a grocery store shelf in Oklahoma. Hey, and look, Southeast, they're coming to the SEC. Send them some sausage. Somebody from Knoxville, buddy of mine, Chase Thomas up there, big podcaster in Knoxville. Chase Thomas, he... Uh, sent me a picture. It's in his grocery store up there in Knoxville. You can get it everywhere. You can also order it online. So try that. Uh, if you haven't already, just go to countrypleasing.com and get some right there. Uh, it's really, really good. You'll and don't forget when you're at the Mississippi Braves game, get you one of them. Get a sausage dog at a baseball game. That's slaw on there. It is fantastic with that slaw <laughs> on it. <laughs> hey, and I know, look, I'm an odd, I'm a weirdo. I'll admit it. But I buy the sausage dog like at Mississippi State baseball games, mm-hmm. and I don't eat the bun. I just eat the sausage just with the slaw. Everything on. else. Yeah, the slaw. <laughs> yeah. And how many bites does it take? Three. To, it, I, technically three. <laughs> it takes me back to the <clears throat> Tootsie Pop. How many, yeah. how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? That's right. One. That's right. <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. Uh, Two, it's three. Three of those big old bites. Don texted the show. Don says, who is Jackson State's biggest rival, Alcorn or Southern? Well, I will tell you, you know, based on what people have said to us today on the show as we've talked about Jackson State, and it does go back to some of the things that happened in and around that game last year in Baton Rouge, which some pointed that out. They they make it sound like that right now Southern – See, last year, if you'd asked me that, I would have asked you if people didn't feel like it was Alabama A&M because of the comments by the Alabama A&M coach about Deion Sanders. Remember that? He was really brash. (laughs) You remember? But, you know, and then again, historically, you would think certainly Alcorn. But over the years, that has kind of gone up and down and up and down. Yeah, I'm telling you, when the Southern folks come to town with all those flags and stuff yeah. on their cars, yeah. and man, you talk about some JSU fans getting ready to go. Yeah, so, so it must be Southern. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's Southern. You'd say it's I Southern. I really do. Yeah. Because they come to town and just try to take over. 
And yes, JSU folks don't like that. Very yeah. Uh, Phantom of the Popper is a video game fan, and he texted and said the old EA Sports NCAA football games used to have all those legendary plays that you had to try to complete, and he said it was amazing. So, like, you would turn it on, I guess. I didn't know because I didn't play the games. But he's saying, I guess you would turn it on, and in the video game, you got to try to be Cordell Stewart and complete the Hail Mary or Doug Flutie and complete the Hail Mary. And that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff. Yeah, he points out Coach Bill McCartney. Love that man's ministry with Promise Keepers. A huge, huge deal for him and really for men in the entire country. Uh, Promise Keepers. Um, Bill McCartney, the longtime legendary football coach at Colorado. So, so yeah, there you go. We had a little bit of all of that in hour number one. And now... We have a phone call on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. On line one, Mad Tiger. What's up, Mad Tiger? Good to hear from you. Hey, Matt, Bill. Hey. Uh, all, all corn is Jackson State arch rival, just like Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, Southern is a rivalry, but there for a while we beat Southern 18 years in a row uh, before our program started going down. Uh, but Alcorn is our arch rival. Okay. Uh, Southern, we like we like kicking Southerns, but uh, but you can't go to Baton Rouge and enjoy yourself at a game without all the hoopla and bottles throwing and it, it's um it's a it's a crazy situation down there if y'all think lsu fans are crazy uh southern is just as bad if not worse okay but but all corn is jackson's arch rival okay and uh what we just um, like kicking southern what uh mad tiger in the jackson state all corn rivalry right now how would you describe it I know it's putting you on the spot a little bit, but like if somebody were to ask you, like, what's the best way to describe the the atmosphere in the Jackson State Alcorn rivalry right now? Like, how would you describe that? Uh, it has changed somewhat over the years. Uh, they went on a tear there after McNair, and uh, they 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 beat us kind of regular, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's always been back and forth. But I mean, like the um, fan bases. I, I, I mean, like the the opposing oh, fan mean, bases. They friendly. Because, yeah, it's all friendly, but there's trash talk year round. <laughs> uh, I trash talk with every Alcorn person that I see. Even if I see an Alcorn tag, I tell them uh, I can get a, I can get you a JSU tag and <laughs> on, it, on, your, on your vehicle. You know, sure. Yeah. But it's a year round thing, and then it's just like Ole Miss and State. You got. All the nights that married Jacksonians, you know, it's 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 just it's just it's just as legit as old missing state. Yeah, gotcha. it's always back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, but uh, we really don't have any respect for Southern. We just just try and do them in every time we play them because of their mouths. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alcorn Jackson, it's a friendly, but the uh, atmosphere is just. Off the chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unreal. And all the events that go along with that game, uh, 
when we play them, golf tournaments and uh, when they're in Jackson, uh, it's just a big deal. Now, when uh, Walter Reed uh, used to, I guess you could say he was a promoter. He used to be Jackson State Athletic Director. And uh, they used to play here in Jackson every year. They did that for about 10 years. And uh, it, it's just uh, a friendly back and forth year-round, not just during football season. It's year-round. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't even think it's close. I mean, don't get me wrong. We get up to play Southern uh, to beat them just to shut their mouths up. But the Alcorn-Jackson game is a big deal. Um. And and on a side note, this is uh, jumping subjects here, but we just got a comment on Facebook, Mad Tiger from Hunter, who he commented. He just he said uh, JSU's game this year versus Campbell University, which that's the Campbell Camels. He says in October is intriguing. Both programs finished one and two in the FCS recruiting rankings, and he thinks the game will come down to coaching. I didn't realize I'm aware of Campbell because of their baseball team. They had a really good baseball team. And a good program. They were in the postseason in Starkville last year. They were in the postseason in Knoxville this year. But I was not aware of their football program, and I certainly didn't know they recruited well compared to other FCS teams. So that could be a, a, a big game late on the schedule this year. It, it could be, and uh, they do have a good coaching staff. I've done some research on them, and they were one of the top five um, schools in in the FCS as far as transfer, the transfer portal. Yeah. And Florida A&M didn't do that either. That that first game at A&M, I mean, at Florida A&M, is going to be probably, I'm going to say it's going to be Jackson's toughest test of the year, that very first game. Uh-huh. Well, now, Campbell, and- Campbell is just putting their program together, but they, they have great, good coaches, and they recruited extremely well this past year. Yeah. Well, and you know, you mentioned uh, Florida A and M in that first one. I bet it won't be seven to six this year, like it was last year. That's what I bet. I don't think it will be. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think you know the two offenses. I don't think it will be. Well, both of them, you know, offenses uh, progressed throughout the year last year, and then, they, like you say, they've added players. So it, it'll be a. It's going to be an exciting deal to watch that again. Uh, that first Sunday, so Sunday, September fourth, is when that's scheduled. Uh, looking forward Correct. To, looking forward to that. Mad Tiger. One more comment. Okay, yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead. One quick one, one quick. Yesterday, I wanted to call in. <clears throat> Y'all were talking about the greatest games. I've seen some awesome games up in Memorial Stadium there at Jackson. Um, I, I got to see State and Southern Mississippi when Lewis Lips, Sammy Winder, and Reggie Collier, and the rest of those guys played. Uh, it was a sight to see. Bobby Collins, Bobby Collins was a great coach. Man. Mm-hmm. He really was. Yeah. He ran into a, uh, I don't know if he knew what he was getting into when he went to uh, SMU or not, but, right. you know, he took he took the brunt of all of that, but all of that was going on before he got there. It is so true. When you watch that documentary that ESPN did, Mad Tiger, about uh, the um, Pony Express, you know, and SMU when they got the death penalty, he went there, but... Anybody that tried to make it out to be a thing where he went there and, and instigated anything is crazy. It was all boosters and big money people. They were going. They were going to do all that regardless of who the coach was. So it was bad timing on his part. He was part. doing it before he got there. That's it. Yeah, they, before he got there. So maybe it was just a bad decision on his part to go. But 
But you're right. He was a fantastic coach. You know, and I um, I saw a picture recently, Mad Tiger, of back when Bobby Collins was the head coach at Southern Miss. It was a picture of the coaching staff. And uh, uh-huh. Mac Brown was on his staff at Southern Miss. That was, you know, just, what, 10, 15 years before he went to be the head coach at Texas and then retired. Now he's the head coach at North Carolina. But Mac Brown was on his staff there at Southern Miss for a little while. He was, and uh, I want to say he went to Tulane after he left USM as the head coach. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, I think he went to Tulane after he left USM. Yep, yep. Hey, good stuff. Always good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Call yes, me. sir. Call me anytime. And so, and, and so, it's like State and Ole Miss year round. Hey, I see your Ole Miss tag there. You want me to get you a? Let me get you a maroon and white state tag. You know they sell those. <laughs> Same thing, Jackson State and <laughs> and Alcorn uh, year round. All right, over to line two, JSU one on line two. Howdy, what's up? What's going on there? Hey. I was just listening to you talk to Mad Tiger there. He always uh, educates me. Mad Tiger is one of those where, you know, we 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 probably ought to make him an offer. You know what I mean? <laughs> and get him on here all the time. He because he's he's a lot better talker and full of a lot better information than I am. I always enjoy hearing from him. Uh, but uh, you did uh, uh, hear about uh, Dion Chidora and. Uh, and uh, number one uh, recruit are going to be on Sports Illustrated next Monday. Yeah, I saw that. Um, they're going to be on the cover. I saw, we talked about that in the first hour, JSU. That's kind of what got us on the the subject because I saw it today and I thought, man, the momentum that they have behind that football program right now just won't stop. It just keeps going. Now they're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's a first for them. You know, uh, I and like you said, it's Travis Hunter, Shadur, Dion there. You had Michael Strahan on Good Morning America talking about it. They put him up on the, the marquee on Times Square, and they showed it on TV. It's just incredible the momentum that they have behind that program and uh, the players and everything. And, and their social media accounts, uh, JSU1, when you go and you look at the promotion and the way they kind of continue to put out positive content on social media, I'm not sure – there are schools and athletic departments in in the FBS that aren't doing near as good a job at promoting their program as Jackson State has people doing. They just got a lot going for them right now. And now all that they're going to do is help recruiting. That's it, and that's what it's for. I mean, the the social media stuff. That's that's right. the reason to do it. You know. So you you probably going to see a lot more four and fives coming over that way. Well, and that's the key, JSU one, because what I was going to say. Um, I got a, t- a comment a little, just a little bit ago here on the live stream on YouTube. Someone named Coop DeVille said, hey, I'm not trying to be rude, but is Jackson State going to be good? If they played in the FCS playoffs, they'd probably get beat by teams like Southeastern Louisiana, like FAMU. But see, the, the thing is, JSU1, that's what we're talking about is you start – they've already done it in two cycles now, adding these transfers from like Tennessee and South Carolina and Auburn. They're doing it again, and now they've recruited a five-star player out of high school. You start; they're already to a point where they've added enough talent to that roster. Where I bet if they played in those playoffs, 
it could be a little bit of a different story than it has been in the past. That's what I think. And oh, it's, I, I definitely, I definitely believe that. Yeah. And who knows uh, win or lose? I mean, I know they lost a bowl game, but what I, the point is, they're just getting started. That's the point. All right. I tell like you know, even with the uh, ULM game, you know, that game could have went either way. It could have. So, right. It, and so, so you know, if I, I said if, if they had the talent they got over there right now, and they played that same ULM team, I believe they'll beat them. Yeah. Well, and and you know. To, to that point, that was what? That was week two of the season last year, I think. Um, well, three or something three. Like It that. was early. It was early. And like, so they mm-hmm. played Florida A&M in week one, scored one touchdown. Well, if they play right. them right, if they play them right now, Florida a and is not holding them to one touchdown. And, and no. you know, being held to a touchdown by ULM, they came a long way just as a team, as a program. And it really was kind of just the start. And I think they've added players. This year, your quarterback's a year older. Hunter's going to play both sides of the ball for you. That's the five star you're talking about. They're just going to be a better football team. That's what I think. Hey, let I me that. let me ask you one question. I got 20 seconds. Jackson, okay. Jackson State averaged 42,000 per game for home games in attendance last year. Right. Do you think it'll be 50,000 a game this year? It's a good possibility because you got to look at the home games is Grambling. Mm-hmm. Campbell, mm-hmm. Uh, Southern, Southern, yep. and uh, what is it? Is it Alabama State or Alabama A and M? Yeah, Alabama A and M. Now Alabama A and M going to be down in Alabama. We got mm-hmm. that with the classic type thing. Yeah, but I forgot who that fourth one. Now there's always Grambling Southern and, and Campbell. Uh, it's and a good Campbell. home slate. You're you're right, and and they could so average it. it, it, it it could easily average close to 50. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Here we go. Will had to go ahead and bring it up. <laughs> He's watching on the YouTube live stream. He says, would Coach Prime jump from JSU to FSU if Norvell is ousted after this year? I think he would. And um, Nunzo Phillips, he said, Prime isn't going to FSU. Well, and hey, look, we who knows what's going to happen this year? I do know that I've seen Coach Norvell's name at F. SU on some of those hot seat <laughs> rankings for whatever that's worth, but I have seen some of that out there. Let's go back to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Patrick from Hattiesburg, hanging on line one of the Divinity <laughs> phone. I appreciate you hanging on, Patrick. Thank you. Matt White, long time no hear from. What's going on, buddy? Man, I tell you, I'm... Um, I've been sitting here today, and it's almost been an hour and a half of Jackson State talk. I, I saw the Sports Illustrated cover thing earlier today, and and then I got to looking at this. I got to looking at the schedule, and in recent days, we talked about some of the transfers they got. One from Tennessee, one from South Carolina, and it just you know right. it's it's sort of a big rolling ball of momentum right now that is leading into this next season for Jackson State. 
It is. And you know what? Even though I wasn't going to touch on it, uh, but I will say a little something about it. I hope all these JSU fans and alumni are soaking this up, putting it in a bottle, and just enjoying this, this, these times because it's really he's really been good at school. Even if he loses, I'm sure it would be some backlash if he ever decides to leave. And, you know, things don't last forever. But I can tell you one thing. He does deserve a lot of uh, pats on the back and handshakes for putting excitement back and trying to help this program. And I think his heart – and his mind and body and soul is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And God bless Dion. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Even if he does move on, God bless him. You I, know, I, I totally agree. To, I to totally JSU. agree. Well, and God and I've said him. this before too, Patrick. You know, and I, I think he's genuine in the way he carries himself and what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ma- making his faith and uh, talking openly uh, on social media and elsewhere about. His relationship with God, his relationship with Jesus, the fact that right. he, the fact that that's a part of what he's trying to do in his program, I right. re- I really appreciate that, you know, from him. It makes I it. I really appreciate it too. It, it makes me. Mm-hmm. It makes it that much easier to kind of root for him and want to see him have some success. And that's just me. It is. It is. Thanks. Thanks for talking about that, man. Man, I got about three or four things. Since I don't ever call as often as I should. <laughs> no problem. If, if you don't mind laying out for me, Go lay ahead. out with me, producer. All right. Uh, first thing, man, when I hear Tiger, he warms my heart too. I don't, I don't call a lot, but I listen a lot. And man, Tiger is a is a is a bastion of information. And uh, I want to throw some two cents in on this, man. I remember watching the Ole Miss beat Notre Dame. <laughs> I remember State beating Alabama six to three. I mean, I remember all them good games in Jackson, and some of those games I was at, yeah. you know. So I, I, I remember those good old days, those cut-off shirts <laughs> where you got your belly button showing. <laughs> and, man, I used to cut my T-shirts off and go out there and play in the yard. I mean, these kids got video games. But, but Matt, when we were growing up, we got in the yard and we became these people. Mm-hmm. We, were the, we were the athletes mm-hmm. that they play with on the video game. That's right. And, and, and I, don't, I, I don't know if kids do that these days. You know, they really don't. But but we did. We got out in the yard and pretended to be these people. You are exactly but, right, um, Patrick. When I was a kid, we had a whole, like, Sandlot neighborhood thing growing up when I was a kid up in Russellville. And I'll never forget it. I mean, my next-door neighbor was a huge Cowboys fan. We were just kids, and we'd play mm-hmm. pickup football. And he would always say before the game start, he'd say, I'm Tony Dorsett. And I would say, all right, right I, I right. would always say, all right, I'm Derek Thomas. <laughs> and it was, right. you know, we right. picked It didn't matter about your race or none of that. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't matter about race or none of that. And uh, I tell you what, Matt, the one thing that warms me when I see the Peyton Manning, Eli stuff, I love it when they're in the yard and, and, and Eli and Peyton is crying. Mm-hmm. Talking about, <laughs> <laughs> they're out in the yard playing. I, yeah. I think about that's that's me and my cousins out there playing and and stuff. Uh, a couple things, uh, Matt, real quick, if I could. Uh, one, uh, Bobby Collins. Now, I'm friends with the Collins family. I, I know him well. But uh, I got to call a spade a spade, too, now. Okay. Now, he's a good man, good football coach, did what he had to do, and I'm sure he wasn't the only one. And he did inherit a mess at SMU, but he left a mess at USM, too. And they got on probation because of some things his boosters were doing. Don't know if he was doing it, but I know that he got in some problems at USM. So he's not squeaky clean. Now, don't talk like he's totally innocent. 
because okay. he wasn't. Okay. Now, in leaving, I won't leave you this. I can't wait to the weekend, brother. I'm down here in Hattiesburg. You you thought it was fun down here last weekend, mm. LSU. I can't imagine how fun, how much fun it's going to be this weekend when Ole Miss comes to town. And I'm going to tell you something. Even though I'm a USM guy, Ole Miss seemed to – I know USM won't be that team, but remember, Ole Miss was 19-1 and one mm-hmm. when they got – when COVID hit, they was number one in the country. They didn't get defense that season. It's been 50 years since Ole Miss been in the World Series. They barely got in the playoffs this year. They were the 64th team picked. They went down in at Miami Regional through a hurricane and went down in and didn't lose a game and scored 20-some runs in the last game and kicked behind. Now, I expect three games this weekend. I expect three games. I'm hoping by my USM players win. I'm not going to cry one bit. If Ole Miss win, because Bianco Butts been on the line, mm-hmm. they may be the team of destiny. I'm going to be there for at least one of those games, if not two of them, and I can't wait to watch it. Good, good stuff, Patrick. And look, it's it's going to you're going to have a huge crowd. It's going to be busting at the seams. People outside the stadium who can't get in, probably for both games Saturday and Sunday. And you know what, Patrick? Um, I I. If somebody right now said, Matt, and put a gun to my head and said, make your prediction for that Super Regional, I probably would pick Ole Miss in two games. And, you know, I, I hope it goes to three so that we get to experience all that. Wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit if Southern Miss wins it at home. They they have had such a great year. They're easy to pull for. I love Scott Berry. But Ole Miss just has that look right now. They just have that look of that SEC team that's coming to life at the right time. And so that's probably what I would pick as Ole Miss into. I appreciate the phone call, Patrick. It's always good to hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate the call. And I, I want to put this in there, too. This is a name that Patrick and Mad Tiger and everybody in JSU1 who's called are going to know this name. Um, and I'm just seeing it on Facebook from Hunter's comment. I didn't see it like on Twitter or anything, but he said, Hunter is saying on Facebook that the New Orleans Saints have just announced that Fred McAfee is their newest Hall of Fame inductee. He says, what an honor for a Choctaw great Fred McAfee from Philadelphia High School, Ooh. Philadelphia, Mississippi. Played at Mississippi. I'm wearing Mississippi College hat right now. <laughs> You're wearing a Choctaw hat? Yeah, yeah we're to talk that. Right Played now. at Mississippi College. He was a sixth-round draft yeah. pick back in 1991. And, uh, you know, two different stints for the Saints. Started his career with yeah. the Saints for, for three or four years there. Bounced around Arizona, Pittsburgh, Tampa. And then came back and played seven more seasons for the Saints in the early 2000s. Um, he was um, an all-pro, made a pro bowl. He had a great year in 2002. So, at a boy. Hometown guy, yeah, he, good player, yeah, no doubt about it, and no doubt about it. Heck of a career, running back, special teams guy, going into that uh, Saints Hall of Fame. How about that? How about two people from the state of Mississippi played in college ball in Mississippi, both played running back for the Saints, and now both about to be in their Hall of Fame, and that's Fred McAfee and Deuce McAllister. That is really cool stuff. That's good company there. <laughs> I would say so now. I would say that that is definitely good company. Hey, um, so a little bit ago, the on the YouTube live stream, they were like, "Would would 
Deion Sanders leave Jackson State to go to Florida State if they fire, you know, Jay Norvell? Uh, and somebody said, yeah. And then somebody said, no, he won't go. Uh, Will commented and said, for $4 million a year? Heck yeah, he'd go. <laughs> Aaron says, what is your bold prediction for state this year? Oh, well. Okay. Okay. For state football? Well, how many, how many, how long till the break? <laughs> oh, about a minute or so. 30 seconds? <clears throat> yeah. Well, we yeah. can always make it as much as you need, Matt, if you'd no, like to talk fine. about that for a while. Uh, we're good. <laughs> I, uh, well, and, and I really need to get familiar with the schedule, look ahead. I think, I think State's going to be, they're going to be a little more potent this year on offense than they were even a year ago. And that's even losing Makai Polk, but overall, and losing Charles Cross, but overall, they're going to be a little more consistent. That's why, I mean, you know, last year you had a first-round offensive tackle, you had a great receiver in Polk, but and then they flashed. They would flash at the end of the game against La Tech, 21 unanswered, and then the third quarter against Auburn, down 28 to whatever, and come back and win the game. They would flash, but they were also very inconsistent. But this year they're going to have some – some consistency and potency about them on offense that they haven't had. That's going to be fun to see. And um, and they are better, and their personnel is is actually much better on defense than a lot of people realize. So the problem is they play in the SEC, and they've got Georgia on the schedule this year, so the win totals may not actually be that much different. But they're going to be a little bit better football team than they were a year ago and more consistent. They're going to give you some high moments. They can avoid the lows. That'll be the key. A little bit of time left. Got stories out of Starkville and Oxford for you next, and we'll wrap things up. In the Bureau, stick around. Rolling along with you here. Aaron said, oh, come on, Matt. Didn't hear anything bold. Yeah, that's not me. You know, it either is or it isn't. I, I, I'm not. My goal, Aaron, is not to factor in whether it's bold or not before I say it. Like about 99% of our sports media these days, especially those that are out here talking like me, we have to actually move our mouth and say words. And the approach is, well, I'm in this business to get attention and to get clicks. So whether I believe it or not, whether it's true or not, what can I say that is bold? I don't care if it's bold or not. <laughs> to me, the truth is about as bold as it needs to get. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you the truth. That's how I feel about it. Sven says on YouTube, seven to eight wins for state. Yeah. Yeah. You got to factor in two losses, Alabama and Georgia. Uh, but then, you know, you say that and then you hope you're wrong. There's some massive upset in there somewhere. And with an offense can get hot, maybe there is one. But at least looking at it on the front end, you factor those two as losses and then go from there. Okay. So that, now you got 10 games left. So you're saying, well, what are the other two losses in there you know you got lsu on the schedule and stuff like that you know the egg bowls on the road hadn't beat all uh leach hasn't beaten kiffin yet you know those kinds of things factor all those in 
So that's where that is. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. Check this out. Now, I don't have a clip to play to illustrate this, but I was just going to mention it real quick. There's two things. Uh, on this day in 1972, Elvis Presley made entertainment history by performing four sold-out shows at New York's Madison Square Garden. In attendance, George Harrison, John Lennon, David Bowie, Bowie, Bob Dylan, and Art Garfunkel. <laughs> they attended some of his shows just to watch. Everybody loved the king. The shows were recorded and became the album called Elvis as recorded at Madison Square Garden. I don't know if I've ever heard that or not. There's a chance. Turn on the Elvis channel on radio and you just might get some of that. So there's a Mississippian. We're talking about McAfee in the Saints Hall of Fame, Mississippian. Joins Deuce in their Hall of Fame, Mississippian. Louvier texts me to remind me that Archie and Joe Horn, also Mississippians yeah. in the Saints Hall of Fame. If DeMario Davis hangs around long enough, another person, he just Brandon, he probably end up in the Hall of Fame. That's too. right. I think they ought to put Louvier in the Saints Hall of Fame. There He's you been go. driving Louvier a bus be there. Yeah, I mean, a bus driver. Fred McAfee called him Fast Freddy. See, Louvier remembers That's his nickname, right. Fast Freddy. Yeah. He said he's a great guy, too. Uh, here's another one. I was just going to mention this to you just because I couldn't wrap my head around it. Bill, on this day in 1994, now listen to the details of this. <laughs> After an argument, TLC singer Left Eye, and be Left Eye Lopez, set fire to her boyfriend's Atlanta mansion he, worth, he sure did. worth $2 million dollars Burning it to the ground. <laughs> that happened on this day, June yeah, the 9th. She definitely did it. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. June the 9th, 1994. Now, here's the last line. You ready for this? Listen. Yeah. She was charged with arson and fined $10,000 mm. with five years probation. Now, right. now, hold on, time out. <laughs> I'm just, I am not. A legal expert. I don't know anything about penalties and law. I would never know. I don't even know what to compare it to. I'm just saying on the surface, I would think <laughs> that burning a $2 million mansion to the ground would get you more than a $10,000 fine and five years of probation. That's all I'm saying. Seems like it'd bring more than that. Anyway, I just thought I'd read those to you. Found those interesting. Okay, stories. I mentioned I had some stuff for you out of Starkville and Oxford. So I'm going to mention it here at the end of this show. And then let's kind of think on it. And then this may be a topic for tomorrow. Here's what I mean by that. Okay, first up, Ole Miss. Oh, wait, wait. I want to tell you something. We had a phone call that uh, wanted to remind us that that burning of that yeah. Million dollar mansion yeah. was live on CNN yeah. at the time. Yeah, everybody watching they, it. Yeah, they were watching it live. He was calling me. You might have been talking about what he was calling me. But he well, but what I'm saying sure is, we knew about that. What I'm saying, Bill, is like, really? I burned it to the <laughs> ground. Yeah. Ten thousand dollar fine, five years probation. That ain't it. That's it. I mean, honestly, yeah. I would have thought it would have carried a, a harsher penalty. That's all. Yeah. Or she <laughs> tragically was killed later. She. That's one. right. Tragic in, in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so no, uh, back over to sports. Here's the, the story out of Oxford. Uh, this is a couple days ago, but we didn't mention it here. 
Ole Miss Athletics currently in the middle of a big capital campaign called Champions Now. Uh, it's focusing on a facility upgrade for multiple sports, including Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. We've known about it. We've seen the plans, the home of Rebel football, the stuff they're going to do. Ole Miss released a statement citing the changing landscape of college athletics for a timeline adjustment on the upgrades to the football stadium. Listen to what Keith Carter, the athletics director, said. While the timeline is being adjusted, we look forward to seeing Vaught-Hemingway and the rest of our facility progress all become reality in the years ahead. But listen to this. Keith Carter said, College athletics has seen tremendous priority shifts in recent months, which affect our campaign strategy. Those changes are coupled with global financial obstacles related to interest rates, construction costs, supply chains, etc. He said, in addition, more foundation dollars are needed to assist teams with their growing operations budgets that are being impacted by inflation. So you think about what's going This is one little teeny tiny grain of sand that's being thrown over here on a pile that we're going to look and it's going to be a big issue I'm afraid going forward, at least for a little while. But you got an athletics department in the middle of a capital campaign like Ole Miss. They want to operate. I mean, they want to, you know, they've got a timeline for they're going to improve the football stadium, but they've gone throwing the brakes on it. And he's citing priority shifts in recent months in college athletics, which affect our campaign strategy. You got to pay players. So a lot of the alumni that are going to donate to a capital campaign might be saying, hey, listen, wouldn't my money in today's climate be better served at actually helping to get name, image, and likeness deals to get transfers and get players and keep players as opposed to putting a new facelift on the press box or something or more suites? We ain't going to sell them anyway. Why aren't we going to sell tickets? Because gas prices are up. People have less money. <laughs> Ticket prices are going up because they have to. Because to operate the stadium, it costs more. Because everything's gone up. It's, com- it's going, the, the supply and demand, okay, cost and return are separating and the gap's widening and they're going, wait, 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 this is not the time that we can do this. Construction costs, that's real. Interest rates, supply chains, all that stuff has caused them to throw the brakes on the timeline for now. And But he cites it's affecting the strategy of the campaign. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And, and this, Mississippi State, they are opening the season against Memphis. First game of the year. They have announced in the last couple of days a new ticket package called First Saturday in Stark Vegas. It's a whole new ticket package where for $59... You get four tickets and a parking pass. The tickets get you in the upper side on the east, uh, in the upper level on the east side, but which gives you access to a concession and concourse that is air conditioned. Okay, so it's this ticket package. This is the first game of the year. It's a home game. You're hosting Memphis, and it's an incentive. And there's a timeline on it. That's the other thing. You read it. State 
for a period of time into July, through July 7th, the package for four tickets is $59. After July 7th, it goes up to $69. And then later on in August, it goes up to $79. So you can get in on it now for $59, get four tickets. And it's an incentive to get people in the stadium for the first game of the year, a home game, the opener. It's two athletics departments, two different things going on, but at the same time related to the same issue. And that is, things are changing fast. You got one in the middle of a capital campaign. Hey, this whole addition on the stadium deal ain't happening when we said it was. Nor does it need to. We've got to change our strategy. Money's got to go elsewhere. This, that, and the other stuff. State. <laughs> Gas prices are up. We've sold less tickets. Ticket prices have to go up. It's costing more. We've got to figure out a way to the remaining tickets we may have in the Upper East Side to get rid of them. We've got to get people in here. What can we do? How can we package it? I mean, the parking pass alone is worth 59 bucks. You're going to see more and more of this. What does it mean going forward for college athletics? This is prior to this coming season. We'll talk about that and pick it up tomorrow. All right. For everybody here on the show, thanks for being a part of it. For Bill, I'm Matt. All of us here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. See you tomorrow, same time, same place. See ya.